0: What I want to talk to you about today is speech. I had Ken over for supper last night. And one of the things that we tend not to do is study things we know. Because we think we know them. And he said, yeah, that sort of applies to scripture too. A lot of people neglect scripture because they think they know it. So what I want to talk to you about is speech. There's three kinds of speech. You've all been here for a while, so this should all be familiar. First off is evil speech, which is called Lashon Hurrah. Then there's hurtful speech, which is just damaging, and that's called uh, Ona'as Devarim. And then the third one, which I want to talk about with you, is what I would call courageous speech. I was reading last night in Hovets Haim, most of you are familiar with him, a rabbi written the laws of proper speech, or Shmiras Halashan, which is guarding the tongue. One of the things, of course, is speech or words are really powerful. According to Scripture, everything was created using words. And indeed, I am of the opinion, as are lots of people, rabbis and scientists both, and it's always fun when they come together, that everything is information so we are simply information that's imposed on inanimate matter and in fact going back to genesis inanimate matter is itself information so speech is important and obviously it can harm or it can build up so as you're speaking what you want to be aware of is the power of your speech and I was looking last night in Scripture, and there are like 143 references to the tongue. Now, some of those are just like Paul talks about speaking in tongues and so forth, so they're not really germane to what we're talking about. But there's a lot of references in Scripture to controlling your tongue. Again, I was reading in the whole Highland last night. One of the things about the tongue is it's partially hidden and partially revealed. So it's in your mouth, and when your mouth is closed, it's hidden, which is often a good thing. When your mouth is not closed, it is revealed. And what Hoppe Time said, which I thought was interesting, is the tongue reveals what's in the heart. It's sort of the way that your heart expresses itself to the world is through your tongue. James talks about the tongue in the New Testament James 3 see also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great things how great a forest set ablaze by such a small fire and the tongue is a fire a world of unrighteousness the tongue is set among our members gaining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life set on fire by hell this is strong words to follow right Pretty starchy stuff. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I'm not going to go on because the tongue can also be good. And James is making a point here that when the tongue is not bridled, it is extremely damaging. And... He goes on to talk about, you use your tongue both to bless God and to curse your neighbor. And his comment is, how can a single spring yield both salt and fresh? So the thing that's in your heart comes out through your tongue, which is why it's so important. So why don't we speak properly? first off of course is all of us are human beings and all of us have imperfect hearts so if the tongue is revealing what's in the heart the fact that you have an imperfect heart is going to come out through your tongue one of the reasons we study Musar for example is to help you get your heart under control so that your heart is not as full of evil as it could be and so that the thing that flows from your heart is then good. The other words, culture. We live in a very negative culture. You got people screaming at each other all the time. Our culture leads us to be negative. And if you look at the news and so forth, there is really a lot of reasons to feel negative. Some of them are pretty good reasons. And what winds up happening is that negativity seeps into you and comes out of your mouth. And we have so many phrases in our culture. Things like, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. There's just all sorts of stuff in the culture that just bubbles out of our mouth. And so if you don't watch your mouth, what you wind up doing is having stuff bubble up that you really don't want to have bubble up. Now... Both Christianity and Judaism say something that is in your heart is not sinful. It's only when it translates either into words or action that it becomes so. So, looking at each other, being around each other, seeing the culture and so forth, you've got all sorts of random stuff that goes through your head. A lot of it negative. That's not sinful. It becomes sinful when it comes out of your mouth, because then what it is is in the world and it has to be dealt with. So, for example, we had a wedding a little while ago, and you had two people. And by saying some words, those two people became one. It was just words that were said. I said some of them, they said some of them. But the simple utterance of those words created something new, which is a family that had not existed before. That's the power of words. Words can bless things. Words can curse things. So one of the reasons to watch what you say is simple prudence. Let me give you a couple of examples from Scripture. Deuteronomy 27.24. Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly. Now, attacking your neighbor secretly is talking about your neighbor in a destructive way behind his back. You're attacking him secretly. What does Deuteronomy say that the person who does that is? Cursed. So when you attack your neighbor secretly, what you're doing is you're bringing a curse upon yourself. So having proper speech is just prudence. Psalm 34. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. There's two clauses there. This is what you want and this is how you get it. And you get it by controlling your tongue. The other thing about controlling your tongue is that not only is something that will damage you when you let your mouth run, it's also something that damages the community. Because what happens is you create negative feelings within the community You change the perspective that people have of each other. So if I were to say about Mike, this is not true, gee, he's really dumb. He's not. He's a very intelligent man. But if I were to say something like that, everybody would sort of start looking at Mike and wondering, well, what is it that John sees about Mike that led him to say something like that? And you start paying attention to Mike in a different way. And what that does is it colors your attitude toward Mike, and you wind up eventually treating him differently just because of something I just said. And again, I will emphasize one more time. I'm using that as an example. Mike is in no way, shape, form, dumb. He's a bright man. So, for example, teachers, Johnny's kind of slow. And what happens then is everybody starts looking at Johnny differently, and it's subtle. You may say, oh no he's not, but what's happened is your views have been colored there. Those things are all done by words, nothing more than words. You haven't hit anybody, you haven't done anything strange, it's just words and it can destroy a community. One of the reasons that we do it is ignorance. Lots and lots of people have not been taught how damaging words can be. So they just let their mouths run. The Sunday church, God bless them, spends most of their time in the New Testament, which is good. I mean, it's a good place to spend a lot of time. But what they talk about in the New Testament is simply gossiping and murmuring. And that's a good thing to talk about but most people don't realize that there's more to gossiping and murmuring than saying negative things about people and one of the things that happens is well what I said was true so it's not gossip because it's true so you think of gossiping and murmuring as telling lies about people that's not correct going back to my example about Mike let's assume that Mike was in fact stupid for a minute he's not but let's assume that that's the case so if I go and talk to Richard over here and say Mike's really stupid I'm telling the truth and so I don't think that I have gossiped but I have I've damaged Mike and I've also damaged Richard because Richard now has got an opinion of Mike that I have planted in his head. So all three of us have now been damaged. I have damaged myself by doing something dumb and negative. That's damaging to me. I've damaged Mike because I've damaged his reputation. And I've also damaged Richard because now I have given him a impression of Mike. So everybody in this transaction has been damaged. And a lot of people just don't understand it. You know, screaming and yelling, everybody sort of understands that that's negative. But it's the more subtle stuff that happens every day that is corrosive to the community and it is corrosive to your soul. So Lashon Hara is a forbidden by scripture. And it's also stupid. You know, as I say, you bring curses upon yourself. I'll give you 10 rules and then we're going to move on. For those of you who have your Haim, you can read these yourself. So the ten rules from the rabbis, which are perfectly good, by the way. It is Lashon hara to convey a derogatory image of someone, even if it is true and deserved. In other words, lying about somebody is slander. Telling the truth about somebody in a negative way is evil speech because it's forbidden a statement which is not actually derogatory but can ultimately cause someone physical financial or emotional harm is also Lashon Hara if you say something that is going to color somebody else's impression of someone that is eventually going to cause that person harm in the community that's Lashon Hara it is Lashon Hara to humorously recount an incident that contains embarrassing or damaging information about a person even if there's not the slightest intent that they should suffer any harm or humiliation. Parents do this all the time, by the way. Telling little stories about their kids as their kids are now adults. Gee, that's really funny, but the former kid is embarrassed. So telling these humorous stories can be Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is forbidden even when you incriminate yourself as well. So, Mike and I went and did this really stupid thing. And I think that because I am including myself in this story that it's now okay. It's not. Because I've still damaged Mike. LaShawn Hara cannot be commuted in any way, shape, or form. Anybody ever seen somebody roll his eyes at you when you say something? That's communication. To speak against a community as a whole is particularly severe and harmful remarks about children. We tend to discuss children as if they're not there. Adults talk about children and that can be very damaging because it goes into the little kid's psyche and it is damaging. Speaking against the community. One of the things that the rabbis say, which I've always kind of liked, several reasons why Moses. Wasn't the high priest and so forth. One of the things he said in today's Torah portion is if you send me, they will not believe me about you. So what they say is he's slandering the entire nation of Israel saying I'm going to come here with the word of God and they're not going to believe it. Do that as you like. It's rabbinic. It's not scripture. But the idea is he's slandering the community. Lashon Ra cannot be related to even close relatives something happens and you talk about it in your family, it's still B'Shawn Hurrah. Even if the listener has previously heard the derogatory account or information has become public knowledge, everybody knows this, it's still forbidden to talk about. Because what it does is reinforces it and foments negativity in the community. Hebrew word, is telling one person derogatory statements that another person has said about him. do you know what so-and-so said about you well we're all just terribly interested in hearing that because what it is is what's my reputation in the community what you've done is you have now created animosity between those two people you don't go and say Mike, did you hear what John said about you today? Because now what you do is you create a problem between Mike and I. Whereas before it was just me that was the problem. Now it's both of us that are a problem. So don't do that. And then it's also forbidden to listen to LaShawn Hara. And one of the problems with that is we all love tasty gossip from a play back in the early 20th centuries where some gossip columnist her thing was if you don't have anything nice to say come sit by me people were that way so that's Lashon And By the way, one other thing there are times when Lashon Hara is A. permitted and B. mandatory everybody wants to know the exceptions, right? the exceptions are when you have to warn somebody So if I were going into business with Mike, and Tom has been in business with Mike before and knows that Mike is kind of a shady character, it's incumbent upon Tom to come and warn me. If you're going to go into business with Mike, you need to make sure that you count your receipts every day because things evaporate. Obviously, I'm using examples here, and this is not true of Mike either. He's neither stupid nor is he crooked. But you understand that there are times when you are required to say Lashon Hurrah. And if you've got any doubt about it, come ask somebody, rather than just going off half-cocked. So, onward. What's called onus devarim is hurtful speech. And that's where you say something to somebody that is damaging you want to avoid doing that you want to have positive things that you're saying for example in families it happens a lot and it starts off with young people need to be corrected that's part of a parent's job but what winds up happening is you keep saying hurtful things to people long after it's appropriate and so again pay attention to what you talk about because you can damage people. You're not damaging somebody in the community as LaShawn Hurrah does, but you're damaging the person himself. Now the final thing I want to talk about is what I'm going to call courageous speak, and I want to spend a few minutes there. Courageous speech is speech expressing joy and hope. Now, why is that courageous? I'll give you an example. Both Kay and I When somebody asks how we are, we say we're blessed. And very often, that will cause people to sort of look at you and say, huh, that's kind of arrogant to say that you're blessed. So that is speech expressing joy and hope, which can cause a negative reaction from people around you why do we not do that more often one is of course negative reactions from the community the other one is there's superstitious fear this is paganism it is superstition it is endemic to all human cultures very much including our own and that is if you say good things about yourself The universe, the spirits, whatever, are going to see that you're happy and they're going to come and land on you. I'm very serious. In fact, in Greek culture, there is a goddess dedicated to that proposition called nemesis. It's come into our language as somebody or something that comes after you. But the idea that there's something out there that's watching you And boy, if you look happy or you look joyful or you express happiness and joyful, you're going to get whacked. That's superstition. It is not true. And I will give you some scripture that shows you that it's not true. Psalm 91, starting in verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they shall bear you up, lest you strike your foot upon a stone. Hebrews, Hebrews 1. Angels are ministering spirits to those who are heirs. So the point is, you have got spiritual beings keeping an eye on you. And the idea that there are spiritual beings that want to do you harm is true. There are. Satan and demons, they exist. But if you go around in your life fearing that, what you have done is you have shown that you are ungrateful for the protection that you actually get. So if you go around being ungrateful to the angels that are watching over you, they may decide, well, shoot, why am I going to watch him? He's ungrateful. So speech that expresses joy, optimism, gratitude, all positive things is what I call courageous speech. The other part of that is you have got a whole industry now in the United States and probably in the world that's dedicated to saying that we're worthless. Were racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, all of these stupid made-up phobias that they've got. And if you go around being joyful and happy, they're going to say, Well, you may be happy, but look at all these people who are suffering because of you. So to stand up and speak joyfully, positively, and so forth is what I call courageous because it goes against the grain of the culture. It goes against superstition. It goes against all sorts of stuff. Therefore, do it. Because what you're doing is what God intended for you to do. He is intending for you to use your voice to make things on earth more like they should be on earth and more like they are on heaven remember I started off by saying everything is information and once you utter a word it's out there and it has to be dealt with don't utter negative words utter positive ones utter words of joy, words of peace, words of blessing and have that be on your mouth constantly because if nothing else you'll annoy the devil which is worth doing you'll also annoy lots of other people and again that's one of the reasons that people don't do it because they're intimidated by the reaction that they expect that they may get from people that's a lack of courage that's a failure of courage most of you are all quiet introverts use your voices take them out into the world speak words of scripture speak encouraging words speak words to lift people up Speak words to be a blessing. As I say, speaking the other way is, if nothing else, just stupid, because it brings curses upon you. So use your voice. Use it for the purpose that God intended it. Use it for what he gave it to you for, which is to make this world more like the world he wants.